This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll, like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Again, it cannot be underestimated how much work these cult leaders do. Mm -hmm. It is a lot of work putting together these rituals. It's a lot of work just getting to props. Sure, true. I was in a sketch comedy group for 15 years. And the the thing about us, getting the props was a whole day. You know what I mean? But the props didn't have to look good because you're doing it in the basement of improv theater. Right. These guys have to make the props so realistic that you're willing to shoot yourself in the fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's very true. I think the difference between Murder Fist, of course, the sketch group you were a part of and the solar temple is i'm fairly certain they didn't have any props that were just dildo helmets um because i'm pretty sure there was a sketch where it was it was a large brain and then attached to the brain was just a series of dildos that was a part of our industry set like we would do this and how many shithead conversations you'd have to have with like holden being like um so did you not properly clean these dildos i was supposed to put these in my mouth man this is not responsible all right well you can check out murder fist on youtube check and all the uh, the wonderful sketches. All right, time to do our show. This is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel. Marcus Parks is with me. He is still alive. He had a small accident this week. The subway sign from hell. <laughs> yes, I have an old subway sign in my apartment. Tells you where to get which ways uptown, which ways downtown. Uh, and as I was setting up my uh, new office in my new apartment, it fell on my head. Great. And got me uh, six stitches and a uh, nice little concussion. And now he has six dissolvable stitches, which is weird because as you look at him his brain is eating stitches <laughs> it's very interesting because it's also right on your hairline too mm-hmm. so you're gonna have that fun you're getting closer yeah. to the character from texas chainsaw massacre too <laughs> oh like, my you're god you're getting really closer to bill mosley <laughs> and i, I think that the music <laughs> <laughs> i watched that movie again recently and i was like of course this is your favorite movie <laughs> music is my life oh my god all right <laughs> well so uh, apologies for the uh short delay here uh, on this episode but we are excited to bring it to you this is going to be The Order of the Solar Temple, part three. Now we're at this, again, we're at this kind of crux for Luke Jure and Joe DeMambro. And again, I think a part of it is the fact that they did not get acknowledgement of how much work they had to do. Hmm. You have to be both a dungeon master and a military leader in one go. <laughs> and one is a fake military leader, and then one is a real military leader. And also, you have to usher in the Knights Templar right. from sites unseen from the from the other world. That's a lot of fucking work. That's a lot of pressure. 
So when we last left the Order of the Solar Temple, Luke Jure and Joe DeMombro's entire operation was falling apart, and the two were well on their way to ordering up the fiery final sacrifice of their followers. But hmm. as we said at the top of the first episode, this isn't like Jonestown. See, with Jonestown, all the dominoes that had to fall for the massacre in Guyana to happen were all laid out in front of us, from the custody battle of John Victor Stone to the murder of Leo Ryan. So when you say ordering up, is it is there like a cult app for that? <laughs> where they're like, I need some cyanide, I need some robes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you can kind of see, I do like the idea of in the middle of like the Order of the Solar Temple, the final massacre, you see DeMambro like dumping gasoline over a bunch of robed bodies all shaped in a star pattern with fucking bullet holes in the head. And then he looks at the camera and you see, and he's like, you may wonder how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> But in the case of the Order of the Solar Temple, we really only see the last domino. Hmm. And that domino's name was Tony Dutois. See, Tony Dutois had installed and maintained the visual effects equipment that DeMambro had used in his Templar rituals. And hmm. a bit of a review, a part of what you'll realize is that when you get to the end of the textbook, The Order of the Solar Temple that we read, which, which you can buy on Kindle, they do a good uh, breakdown of a little bit of their rituals. And so what you know for a fact, in order to, what they had to do, with the way they spelt out the timeline of the Order <clears throat> or the Solar Temple, was the revelation of Excalibur, the revelation of the Holy Grail, the revelation of the funky menorah, and then finally the revelation of the Ark of the Covenant, and right. that's what that was what then the seals were going to open. So the the shit was that somebody had to procure and make this shit show up in a magical way, right? And that was Tony Dutois, who didn't get any credit. Well, to me, technically, he didn't exist, right? They couldn't they couldn't have the prop guy being, you know, uh, head credit on the on the list of uh, names scrolling down the screen. But he's just lucky that he didn't have to deal with the unions because the entertainment unions would have shot this. The entertainment unions would have shut this down a long time ago. Well, speaking of entertainment unions, we don't have to deal with them either. Small side note: we filmed our special in Chicago uh, just a couple of days ago, and it's going to be coming out in a what a couple of weeks, right? Mm -hmm. or maybe even less yep. than that. So make sure you go out there and buy our special. It'll be wonderful for the holiday season. Good plug. Thank you. Well, in the early 90s, Dutrois, like so many others, had become disillusioned with the opulent lifestyles that DeMombro and Jure were leading on the dime of their followers. So Dutrois started telling everyone that he was the one behind the light shows, which caused even more people to leave. Uh-oh. Now, that in and of itself was not enough to set DeMombro and Jure down the path to murder. Because after all, one of DeMombro's own children had already told people that he'd found his father's prop closet. Honestly, though, I can see them being annoyed with this guy. It would be like the Lion King. And then just one person who's in charge of lighting being like, without me, the stage would be black. It would be dark and you could not see anything. No, it's like the masked magician. The oh. problem is this guy came forward and he revealed all the secrets. So he's just like, uh, see here, as a matter of fact, the grail is not magic at all. It's yeah. simply an item from Parte Cité. <laughs> yes. And they're like, wait a minute. There is a whole Cité? Where's a Parte? <laughs> he's like, see, oui, oui, oui. It is the most beautiful city in the world. You get as many wigs and tiny curbs Ooh. as you can imagine. <laughs> 
And by the way, the masked magician, you go back and you watch that series, the only thing he revealed is the women did everything. The guy <laughs> yes. just stands there like a jackass. And women yes. do all of the work, and then he's like, look what I did. But Demambro, a part of it is that what we're going to get into, there's a further series that we'll be talking more about the idea of actualizing magical thought, is that in a way you could see that Demambro felt that faking it was a way to making it. Yeah. Is that what you had to do is, yes, maybe the grail did not magically appear through the ether. Maybe mm-hmm. that didn't, it's not actually happening. But with the symbolism of it showing up it's like it's happening because you don't know that it's fake okay yeah it's like that guy who uh got a bunch of deer guts and put it in a cooler and said that he'd found a bigfoot corpse (laughs) because like that guy like actually believes in bigfoot he really does but he just thought that he needed to push people forward a little bit to make them believe in bigfoot because if they believed in bigfoot Mm -hmm. then there would be more bigfoot research and they could actually find bigfoot i think that man's a congressman now <laughs> there's it's one true. of them. <laughs> but, but you could see the the want of the faith in it because there's a part of it where it's like Demambro really obviously is the true believer of all this. He, I think that he does in some fashion believe that they are just about to fucking usher the Knights Temple hmm. into the onto the planet Earth from Sirius. He's about to there's about to show up. So a part of it is him trying to hold all of this shit together until maybe they'll appear before he shits his pants because of the colon cave. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So he's a true believer you think he's a true believer okay and what really set him off was the naming of Dutrois' child or at least that's the story that demombro gave as it's entirely possible that demombro just needed a reason to say go and Dutrois was a convenient scapegoat hmm See, Elio wasn't Demombro's only cosmic child. Demombro actually had several, but only one could be the cosmic Christ. Ooh. And I think that's always true. And I'm not, I don't know if we'll ever have kids. I don't know what we'll do. But let's be honest, parents, you know for a fact that they're, if you have multiple kids, one of them's the good one. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, honestly, you know secretly in your heart of hearts, one of them's the one you want to put your money on, and the rest of them, they could probably not be hit by a bus. You don't want them to be... No! You don't want anything bad to happen to them, but you just don't put a lot of stake on them. No, absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you right now, I was my mother's favorite. Uh-huh. She would whisper it in my ear. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she did! You're my favorite. Be like, Thank See, you, Mom. Mom. My mom did the same shit. My mom's like... You have the soul of an alchemist, Henry Thomas, <laughs> and you have special powers, and I just hope, I just hope that you use them for good. Uh, and I'm like, I want McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> well, the honor of Demombro's cosmic child was given to his daughter, Emmanuel, who had been conceived by an ascended master laser to Dominique Bellaton's vagina. You remember that? Good, good. Of course good. I remember that. Yeah. And you know, when and Demombro's like, I knew from the first time the shudder of my balls came. <laughs> The first bit of soup that came out of my tube. I knew it was a special bit of seed. All right, special seed. But the Messiah was supposed to be a boy. Uh So Emmanuel was referred to within the solar temple by the masculine version of her name, Emmanuel. And since there's not much more important in magic than names, the use of Emmanuel was strictly forbidden by Demombro. Uh-oh. But that's all you got to do is not name the kid the one name. The one name. That's all you got to do is just don't name him. You got one name. That's fine. Out of all the names in the universe, there's just one name you can't use. Emmanuel? Yeah, that's fine. I don't don't really like that name anyway. That's a weird, very specific name. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's not like it's just Mark. If it was Mark, (laughs) I could see maybe it's difficult to not name the kid Mark, but still, again... 
It's just one name. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Name. Now, it's possible that Emmanuel was a family name for the Dutrois, or they had a fondness for the Cosmic Christ child and wanted to name their child after the Cosmic Christ, or they just wanted to stick it to their old boss. Mm. But Tony Dutrois and his wife defied DeMombro and named their son Christopher Emmanuel. Oh, man, that is on purpose. <laughs> that, that is, is on for purpose. sure. Now, do, do we know if the, the Dutois were true believers? I know that they got sort of disenchanted, right? Once Because they he got pulled in a little bit early, and DeMombro was just like, eh, we need a little bit of, how do you say, stage craftsmanship. And it's like, <laughs> I love to help magic. I help magic every day. You know, like, they're excited to be Imagineers right. mm-hmm. for DeMombro, but I feel like they got really disenchanted, right, once they saw, like, obviously they were spending a, a lot of their money on cars and houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. was he getting paid for his stage technician work? Oh, no. Nobody was no, getting, no, getting no, paid. No, no, no. The experience. It's you don't get this kind of exposure. Oh, <laughs> even though technically you're not supposed to exist. Like your job's not supposed to be. Right. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. I, if they would have paid him, I bet you none of this would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, pay them, yep. pay people. Well, I mean, even the act of having a child was defying Demombro because Demombro had forbidden the Dutois from having children altogether for cosmic reasons. But since the Dutois were out of the game, they didn't think they had to follow Demombro's directives anymore. Mm-hmm. Sure. But unbeknownst to them, they could not have given a more perfect gift to DeMombro and Jure. See, since DeMombro's daughter Emmanuel was the cosmic Christ, DeMombro reasoned that Christopher Emmanuel Dutois was the Antichrist. Oh. Yeah, dude, baby versus baby. <laughs> wow. That's how this should have went down. And so they should have put the two babies together with knives taped to their hands <laughs> oh and my. see who cuts who first. Baby death match. Wow. And since the Antichrist was now on Earth, the last proverbial seal had broken and the world was now Definitely coming to an end. See, oh, this is no. why, Henry, this is why you should not get in road rage incidents. You never know what the maniac is thinking about. In this guy's head, he's got the Christ child and the Antichrist to deal with, and now you're cutting him off? It's going to lead to a massacre. That's why I want to feel like I want to get, I want to start wearing robes while I dress. I feel while like how drive? creepy would it be if I cut out of the Prius and I'm in full Knights Templar gear, and then the guy starts bowing to me. Uh-huh. Be like, they came, they came. You yeah, know? that's how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> well, since the world was ending, the time for transit purified by fire was nigh. Oh, my. Now, one would think that if you're leaving the planet and ascending to a solar state of being so you could travel to a planet orbiting orbiting Sirius, it wouldn't matter what happened back on Earth. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It should be like, you should be wearing shirts that says, it's a serious thing you wouldn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the thing, is that we think that DeMombro, Jure, and their inner circle really did believe in what they were selling. Or, at the very least, they believed in it enough to kind of like give it a shot. All right. Because you know what I forget about and during, while we're in the middle of this? is like, DeMombro obviously was a true, like, knight 
of the other realm. Like yeah. he truly did believe in it. But Jure, up until for a while, was selling vegetables. Yeah, like oh. he was selling health food and shit, and making insane like stuff. Like you know, if you have a little bit of diarrhea, the only way to really cure yourself is to eat just the smallest kernel of poo. Because <laughs> oh. it does it re- 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 You have to make your stomach afraid of the poo. Yeah. I don't know how homeopathic medicine. Works. I've heard that. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I made a mistake last night. I told you guys before. I ate, I had too many smooth move teas. How many did you, did you I have? I had six. <laughs> and I didn't know it is not a smooth move. It it's is actually, not a It is move. quite a violent move. And I don't know Good why they Lord. called it smooth move. There's nothing smooth about it. You're not supposed to have six. It should be called no. screaming move. It was horrible. Sweaty. You're like a psychonaut, but just with things that make you shit weird. I guess so. Between that and the fat pills you took. But at some point, Jure, because now he has been... Uh, kind of silenced. He's no longer doing a lot of his New Age talks. He's being filled with rage, because Jure is supposed to be the face, and Mm. he's now not allowed to be the global face anymore, because people are either... He got investigated for trying to buy those two guns with that idiot. Oh, that's right. Like There are people trying to tie him to terrorist activity. We don't know if that's real or not. It seems like it was all kind of a ruse by the Canadian government, whatever it was, but now Jure is really being like, they will take me Seriously, mm-hmm. well, I will take this broccoli and I will bury it in the casket of the prime minister. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, and he'd been banned all across Europe from speaking by this point. Like everyone was really? wise to his scheme. So yeah, Jure was uh, he was on his way out. So his uh, mm. Jure's life was over. Okay. And that's the thing is that even though these guys did believe it still didn't stop him from being petty. <laughs> now, it could have just been pure anger at work here, with Demombro and Jure being pissed off at the Dutrois for, you know, forcing their hand, sure. or at least say what it, they said was forcing their hand. Say it correctly, Marcus. Forcing their hand. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> Scary. Or they may have had their own made-up cosmological reasons for doing what they did, something like bringing balance to the Earth before rocking it off on a track of fire to another galaxy. Hmm. Or... It could just be that this was the only way to make the math work. Wait a second. When you mean that, like, do you mean like the cult math? The cult math. No, in the we'll cult- get into the math okay. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. yes. Yes, yeah. that's right. There is a lot of cult math that comes up because these are nerds. Right. For, you forget about, above all, they are nerds that run this and math must be, must feature into the philosophy. Yep. Absolutely. I'm surprised they didn't ban the word Sheldon, because I think they would love <laughs> young Sheldon, and they would love the Big Bang Theory. They would love it. What I like about the Big Bang Theory is that, yes, it does make pedantic jokes, but it at least teaches the science. <laughs> <laughs> but no matter what the reasoning was, the fact remains that DeMombro decided that before he went, the entire Dutrois family had to die first. No, he had cancer, right? Yeah, he had cancer. So there's no reason. This is just out of pity. Yeah. Uh, this is out of petty spite. Yes, this is all petty spite. Oh, my goodness. So with that decision, the Order of the Solar Temple began a murder-suicide spree that would last three years Jeez. and eventually result in the deaths of 74 people. Oh, my God. And it all began in Canada. Of course. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Uh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. 
The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basket. Price Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog! Then it would be more like baseball, but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today. And use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel. The science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally Get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. 
because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. On September 30th, 1994, Tony Dutois, his wife Nikki, and the three-month-old infant were invited to a dinner at a chalet owned by Luc Jure outside a small ski resort called Morin Heights, 50 miles northwest of Montreal. This is a horror movie. Yeah. This yes, whole thing is it. a horror movie. Wow. Because that's a that's where the tone of this episode will kind of shift. Well, now we've been talking about all this esoteric stuff and saying that these this is a group of knowledge seekers run by con men. But now we're going to see these guys are going to kick this up into what, a reason why we're talking about that. So now we're getting out of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And now this is real world true crime. Yes, this is very real okay. from here on out. Now, the Dutois had been invited to this chalet by an OST couple named the Genwads, mm. as it seems like it was fairly normal for, for people who had left the order to stay in friendly contact with members who were still a part of the club. Now, the Genwads were one of DeMombro's cosmic pairings, as he had persuaded the 35-year-old Jerry Genwad to marry the 60-year-old Colette. Oh, I've my. seen this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen this French film. <laughs> yep. I've read about Hugh Jackman and his wife. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Just the- to be in the fly on the wall of their long conversations. <laughs> There's something with the French, though. Like Macron, he's married. To, she's quite older than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll allow mm-hmm. it. <laughs> they'll allow it. They'll allow it. <laughs> As they should. As they should. But the Genwads were just the bait in this scheme. When the Dutois entered the chalet on the night of September 30th, 1994, they were met not by the Genwads, but by a quote-unquote Golden Circle member named Joel Egger, and Dominique Bellaton. Oh, that's like the kind of thing where you can go and you can just pick up your car out of the space. You don't even have to go to the counter. Golden, the golden circle. circle, man. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought about a, a guy just spinning around while he urinates. <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> and I'm the only member of this Golden Circle. Uh-oh. See, in DeMombro's mind, it was only fitting that the mother of the cosmic Christ should be the one to assassinate the parents of the Antichrist and the Antichrist himself. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. So when the Dutois walked through the door that night, the knives were already drawn. Tony Dutois was stabbed 50 times in the back, while his wife Nikki got four in the throat, eight in the back, and one in each breast. But the worst Mm. was little Emmanuel. These animals stabbed a three-month-old infant six times with a wooden stake, then wrapped the corpse in a plastic bag, marking the infant as a traitor to the Order of the Solar Temple. What the fuck? This started off as them just doing nerd shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. It jumps right pretend. Never <clears throat> underestimate nerds. No, I know this that. happens all the time. Always give them their credit. Yeah, I always yeah. say, good job, nerds. You did good. <laughs> You're good, and we're with you. We're, we support you. Sure. Uh, but think about this. Honestly, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you really thought that baby was the Antichrist, technically they did it right. Right? Like, that's what you're supposed to do. If you are sure 
that that baby is well, the Antichrist. I don't think that they did think that. Didn't they just not like this family because the guy well, was outing them? No, they thought that like did Dominique. They really Be- think this baby was the Antichrist. Dominique Bellatone and Joel Egger thought that this baby was the Antichrist. Like they because followed everything that De- if Demombro told them that something was true, then they took it as gospel. So, so these because- people thought that they were on a mission to kill the Antichrist. Now I just want to see the cutest little story about how he married Rosemary's baby and they got together <laughs> and they had a little baby for the Because Dominic Bellatone, like, in order to already go so far Jesus. as to allow Joe DeMamro to come inside you, you have to Ugh. already be so brainwashed mm-hmm. you, and, and really believe in your plate. Just to, just to be able to be like, I like this with Joe DeMamro being like, <laughs> Ugh, Ugh, like over you and be like, just remember he's he is a he is an heir of Solomon. He's an heir of Solomon. All right. Brutal stuff here. Mm -hmm. So when the job was done, Bellaton and Egger stole the Dutois car and drove to Montreal, where they hopped a plane back to Switzerland and rejoined the OST, leaving the Genwads to clean up the mess. Jeez. The bodies of the Dutois family were stuffed into a closet in the back of the house, and four days later, on October 4th, the Genwads ignited a firebomb that engulfed both the house and themselves. When officials showed up on the scene and the Genwads were found, police discovered medallions melted into their flesh, and those medallions were engraved with just two initials, T.S. Temple Solaire. This is, again, I, I spoke with Ooh. Mary this week and said she's fine with wearing a robe. <laughs> and if we ever decide to do last podcast, if we ever decide to stop last podcast and left, this is how they could end it, by blowing up the studio, and then they'll find the medallions that just says LPN. <laughs> oh, very cool. That That's a great legacy to have. So these people, they committed suicide on behalf of DeMombro. Mm-hmm. Did he want them to end it? As- yes, so, he did. Th- wow. That's, that's the thing. Is that- I don't get how someone can have that much power mm-hmm. to get these people to kill two folks or three and then kill themselves yeah you know Dutois is getting stabbed he was like oh, I was too good at making the grail <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but those two deaths were only a small part of what transpired on October 4th 1994 see as soon as the Dutois were dead and the assassins were back in Switzerland the order began preparations And when it comes to death cults, the date of departure is not always significant. For example, cults like the People's Temple and the Branch Davidians, they did not carefully choose what date they left this earth, nor did they really have one in mind. But for cults like Heaven's Gate, the date of departure was highly significant, as they killed themselves when the Hale-Bopp comet was closest to Earth in the hopes that their spirits could hitch a ride to another galaxy. It might have worked. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know. But it's also very indicative of how scary that must be, because with the other people's temples that he was keeping the fantasy alive, that we would all live in this paradise here, and that it would all work out. And then begrudgingly, and then slowly over time lulled them into the the mind this lulled them into the state of mind that we need to leave this earth mm. this seems like it's a pretty hard right 
It seems like they oh, were yeah. talking about transition and they were they were talking about opening the seal and they were talking about the 33 ascended masters allowing them to live in the great white uh the great white chapel uh, on Sirius. But they really just thought it was a fun game. They yeah. just thought it was a thing that was a thing to a nice thing to talk about. You know, we talk about overpopulation in this country a lot, but in reality there's a lot of room. Go to North Dakota. <laughs> go to South Dakota. You can make any little world that you want there. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't know the, for sure the significance of October 4th, 1994 when it comes to the order, but former Solar Temple member Herman DeLorme, you uh, remember from last episode. Her- Herman's still allowed. We can use that name from here on out. Yes. Ironically yes. enough, no one else has used it. Well, Herman had a theory. This is what he said. October the 4th, 1994. Okay, add up the numbers. It's fun. It's a fun game to do. <laughs> one by one and see what it comes out to. Okay, the 4th, okay, mm-hmm. and the 10th month. 4 plus 1 is 5, plus 0 is still 5, <laughs> plus 1 is 6, plus 9 is 15, and 9 is 24. Now, 20 plus 24 plus 4 is 28. 2 and 8 is 10. 1 and 0 is 1. 1 is the new beginning. So... It makes sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, Herman's got it. Okay, interesting. Nailed it. Nailed it. So down to one. Down to one. One okay. is a new beginning. Had and that's, to be. That's, what, that's how he was able to, he's like, that's the only thing that I can think of. Why? That's the only thing he could think of. When they asked him, wow. like, what is the significance of October 4th, 1994, he's like, I don't know, let's just add up the numbers. Then, oh, okay, that makes sense. Do a little honestly, calculations, okay. Demambro Jure did teach good reading comprehension yeah. because he immediately jumped into breaking that down. Yeah. That's a, that is a very, to get somebody so trained that they'll jump straight to numerology, <laughs> I think that's a win. Yeah, I suppose so. Okay. So on the same night that the Dutois were murdered, Luc Jure and nine others had dinner at a hotel in the Swiss town of Veto, a kind of last supper. Then on October 3rd, Demambro had a last lunch. You can't have a last supper at a hotel. That is like, that really ruins it. <laughs> but what if it's a really nice one? I don't. Yeah. You nah. definitely can have a big, you can definitely have a last supper in a nice hotel because Heaven's Gate had it in that little diner and they all ate their chicken pot pies. You remember that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a diner is a good place. Yeah. My problem is that you have a last supper and then you have a last lunch or just being like, Demambro being like, I swear to God, this is the last one. This is the last meal. <laughs> We might have coffee. I don't know after this. We might. Is there a brunch? Do you wake up hungry? Some people do. I do not like to wait for breakfast. Although we don't know for sure, it is very probable that the people who met with Jure and Demombro during their respective last lunch and dinner were the inner circle of the order. Mm. That covers about 15 people from what we know. 15 who were true believers when it came to the ritual suicide that was being planned for October 4th. But it wasn't just 15 people who died that night. It was 48. Oof. Now, if you'll remember, most people in the Order thought that transit was just a metaphor, and that really hadn't changed for most members. So really, this was not just a ritual suicide. This was a real-life ritual mass murder, straight out of a horror movie. Wow. And there is real evidence that points towards this claim. Take, for example, the further testimony of Thierry Eugenot. 
See, by October of 1994, Terry had been out of the OST for a year and a half, having come to his senses after the disastrous divorce from his wife of 15 years, followed immediately by a cosmic marriage to a near stranger. Right. But Terry hadn't just cut his losses and ran. He'd been spending the previous 18 months trying to regain some of the cash that he had so generously donated during his 15 years with the order. Mm. And it seemed that October 4th, 1994, was going to be the day that he was going to get that money. Ooh. At 11 a.m., he got a call from OST member Florence Redero, who was one of DeMombro's many paramours. Lucky, lucky girl. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Yummy, yum. She told Terry that she and DeMombro were out at DeMombro Chalet in Salvan, about 50 miles east of Geneva. And if Terry made the drive, he'd get a fat envelope full of cash from DeMombro himself. Hmm. I'm going to tell you this to you right now as a listener. If you are... Just got out of a cult. Number one, um, your money's gone. Yeah. All right. Oh, it's gone. It's a yeah. gift. Just assume it's a gift. <laughs> the money you spent means that you missed the transit. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> You're just out of cash. You can get the cash back. But if any human being ever, if they, if you owed money to somebody for a year and a half, they owe money, and then you just get a random call saying, "Hey, buddy, yeah, um, I just need you to drive up to the mountains and meet me. I got all your money. Shut up. <laughs> I have all your money here waiting for you. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, absolutely." They are going to try to kill you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. Now, Salvan was about as close to a compound that the OST ever got. Because DeMombro and Jure had built two chalets right next to each other. And right next to theirs was a chalet owned by watch executive Camille P.A. Triple chalet. And yep. all three chalets wow. were connected by walkways. Oh. What is so nice about this look is that uh, my chalet is right next to your chalet so I can barbecue and you can come over anytime you like. We can watch movies. Oh. We always say that we are going to have movie night. But we <laughs> never do. You just make all these plans and then you flake. I'm trying not to flake as much anymore. It's a part of my 1994 resolution. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, we are not getting to 1995. Oh. <laughs> kind of a fun joke there. But when Terry showed up to the chalets at around three that afternoon, he found Florence and Joe DeMombro sitting outside because DeMombro said he locked his keys in the house. Uh. So you mean to tell me the all-knowing father of the Order of the Solar Temple the only one who can properly wield a scalibur and cleave open the entrance for the Knights Templar lost his keys. He lost his keys. Yeah. No, that's reasonable. I don't know where they are. And he's just being like, well, maybe you could wear a piece of clothing that has pockets to Mambro. And he's like, uh, pockets. What am I, a kangaroo? <laughs> but when the locksmith got there, DeMambro directed the locksmith to Okada open up Jure's chalet, chalet instead, mm -hmm. not his own. And when Terry asked why, DeMombro said he had a spare set at Jure's place and he didn't want to break his own lock. Oh, it makes just, all the sense in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not making shit up as he goes. No. So as the locksmith worked, who should show up? But Luke Jurey. And he didn't have his keys either. No oh, kidding. Do you not even know? I do not even have my keys. I don't even know how I left the house. <laughs> no one has keys. <laughs> this has got to be suspicious as fuck. Think about this. These are your two 
You've trusted these dudes. They've showed you their mystical powers. They are, they have made you fuck another woman. They made you get a divorce and marry another woman. And now they're all patting their pockets, being like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know what we're going to do. What do you think we should do?" And it's like that's very fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. And Terry said that Jure, who is unshaven and haggard, Ooh. didn't even acknowledge him. And remember, these guys, they all knew each other for like 15 years. Right. And Jure was only concerned with how DeMombro was going to pay the locksmith. Mm. Now, there's a few things kind of off about this story. First of all, why would you care if the locksmith was paid on the spot if you were going to kill yourself that night? Why not just have him send a bill? Sure. Second of all, why would you care if the lock on your chalet was broken if, again, you're going to be dead before the morning came? Now, I know suicide, it's a complicated thing, and, you know, people a lot of times do things that don't really make sense in the lead up, but the regular rules don't really apply when it comes to mass ritual suicide. Or that's where this seems to be far fishier than even just a ritual suicide. It seems like they're just buying time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps murder is on their mind. What happened next, though, might point towards the whole thing being a kind of weird, impromptu manipulation on the part of DeMombro. So when the lock on Jure's chalet was finally opened, Terry said that he was immediately overwhelmed by the scent of gasoline. Ooh. Terry said either he or the locksmith screamed when they smelled it. He doesn't remember which one screamed. But Florence assured them that the smell was coming from a busted oil tank downstairs that had just been refilled. But Terry said he knew the goddamn difference between the smell of oil and the smell of gas. Sure. And this was definitely gasoline. Honestly, yeah, that everything's is... soaked in gasoline. You <laughs> yeah. know it. You know for a fact. And so that's fucking scary because they're like, come inside. No, come inside, Terry. You can trust us. And he's like, um, because if the blocksmith also screams, you know, because he's seen a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like from popping open doors. That's his job is to be surprised on what's on the other (laughs) side of a door. So DeMombro went inside, opened up a drawer, and picked up a set of keys. And then he looked at Terry and then said with an air of guilt, quote, These aren't the keys to my cottage. And that's when Terry said, never mind. He got in his car and he got the fuck out of there. Okay. And he said the last thing he saw as he was leaving was Florence running towards his car, making grand gestures, trying to get him to come back. That night, 25 people would die in those three chalets. And in another location, some 50 miles north of Geneva, outside the village of Chieri, another 23 would die. That's 48 dead in Switzerland. Add the Dutois and the Genoise, and you got 53 bodies. Now, as we know... (laughs) More math. Uh, Honestly... Now, as we know, people like the Order of the Solar Temple are pretty goddamn goofy with numbers. Mm -hmm. But while 53 means nothing, 54 was the most sacred number of all to the order. Why? As a person who just planned a wedding, RSVPing <laughs> is so important because right. you sometimes really get it down to the number that you want and how, and you know, you got the plates, you got the fucking catering, you got the, you rented chairs. It's so difficult because then you have that one empty chair, it looks like somebody died. Somebody's Which in this dead. case is the sad part because the one empty chair actually means that somebody lived. That's good. Well, the reason why the number 54 is so important... Hmm. 
was because 54 was the number of Knights Templar that were carted out to the outskirts of Paris and burned alive on May 12, 1310. Ah. And Terry Huginaw was supposed to be body number 54. You blew it! You blew it! Come on! Instead, he said the worst thing that happened that night was that his son's moped broke down, so he had to deal with all that bullshit. That does man. suck, man. Absolutely. That is a Swiss emergency, besides all the cheese melting in the summertime. <laughs> oh, goodness. But at midnight, Terry got a call from a friend whose daughter still lived in Canada. She said that Luc Jure's house in Quebec had burst into flames and that firefighters had already found two burnt bodies. Uh-oh. That was the Gen Wads. Now, even though Terry was worried, he still went to sleep that night because he figured, like, he knows, well, he knew everybody in the order. He was like, oh, fuck, I probably knew those two people. I don't know who they are, right. uh, but I probably knew them. But at 7 a.m., the phone rang again, and Terry was told that the chalets in Selvan Burn and the farmlands of Sherry were in flames as well. Oh, my God. Call me after 10. <laughs> if you're going to lay that kind of intro on me before yeah. 8 a.m., I don't think <sighs> so. See, the Sherry farmlands had been the location of one of the Order's main clubhouses. The farmhouse had been owned by a 73-year-old farmer named Albert Giacobino. And he, like so many others, had become disillusioned with the Order as there was a whole lot of money coming in. And Giacobino wasn't seeing any of it. Hmm. I even see that there's a man there who works for the watch company. I would even take some sort of free watch. (laughs) I would take a watch t-shirt, some kind of swag or something. But uh, no one will invite me to the party. I see that they are all chanting in there. And I am a lonely old man in the... Just gonna die here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guess they don't want to hang out with a seventy-three-year-old farmer. Yeah, That's I mean, sad. it's unclear just how involved with the Order of Gia Cabino actually was. I mean, I don't think he was an actual member. I think he was more kind of a business partner. But he'd been telling friends in the weeks leading up to October fourth that he was thinking of pulling out. It seems though that Demombro was a step ahead. Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try Every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of cha. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. 
Yeah. Very key. You got to communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is Data. And you're kissing a lady on another planet. And Data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus me, because I do use Grammarly, but it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does, will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank, I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today, right? But Grammarly really does help. Because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love Fast Growing Trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I got a yard now, and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Firefighters were called to the farmhouse in Sherry just after midnight on October 4th, having been told that the farmhouse and the barn nearby had suddenly burst into flames. Hmm. Once they got the fire under control and went inside, the first thing they found was Gia Cabino's body slumped over his kitchen table with a plastic bag over his head and a bullet in his brain. So he burned to death. 
No, he was. <laughs> no, I understand. No, I get it. They didn't even try to. They didn't really try to fake it, huh? No. They, it seems like they were pretty blatant, being like, when they find the body, they'll know there was a. Extremely blatant. Okay. But they wanted it. They were all dead. Oh, goodness. But now, was this a murder or was that a suicide? Murder. Oh, okay. The plastic bag was symbolism of being a traitor. This is a part of. There were so parts of it were very purposely put together. His body was meant to be found, mm. the rest of them were not. They wanted to just show little pieces. Everything was supposed to explode, but they just had the problem with that is that they didn't have the watchmakers build the bombs. Mm. They had Dominique build the bombs, and they can Dominique. She looks great in a swimsuit, and she also looks good birthing the uh, the cosmic child. But she's not good at making an incendiary device. Sure, I don't yeah. know if she looks good giving birth. That's a weird <laughs> fetish that Henry just I'll laid out. I'll take a look us. at it and see for <laughs> All myself. All right, please look at the documents. Okay, interesting. Well, the firemen were able to save the stone farmhouse, but when they searched the property, they found that it was littered with defective incendiary devices mm. that were supposed to have burned every structure to the ground. Those devices were nothing more than plastic bags filled with gasoline connected to an exposed electrical wire. And the other side of that wire was connected to a telephone. So when the phone rang, the bags of gas would blow. Somewhere, Timothy McVeigh is in hell just being like, I did it better than they did. People <laughs> criticize me. Yes, it could have been better, but I did it better than they did. He's just yeah. He's enjoying. It. Wouldn't it be sad though is if they could do all of the classic rock mix for him in hell, but the only song they left off was "Bad Company" <laughs> by Bad is, Company. That's a perfect hell for him. <laughs> you got double vision. You know all those songs. <laughs> but about half of the rigged devices didn't go off, so most of the structures at Sherry were intact. And when the firefighters started investigating the property further, they found that one of the buildings seemed to be bigger than the interior it led on. Hmm. So when they searched the building in question, they found that one of the wall panels slid back. When it was opened, investigators were met with the corpses of 18 Solar Temple members arranged in a circle like spokes on a bike. This is in the farmhouse? This is behind a, behind a hidden wall, a okay. sliding wall in the farmhouse. Did the farmer do that? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was organized. He this, was the first to die. He the was the first. was the first to die. Okay. The farmer he, didn't if I, do it. If I start hearing about this farmer being a killer, I like the farmer. Yeah. No, he was. He might have been involved too, Kissel. We don't uh, know. Okay. So part of, think about this scene. This is a sleepy, beautiful countryside town. Like, it's farmland and all stuff. They, they don't know what's happening. They see a fire happening in one of the expensive, fancy chalets that they normally, they know that's where rich people live. Sure. And they go up there, and just this idea of a little farmhouse that you're just like, you pass by every day. I don't know. Do they, do Swiss cops, are they in carts? Is it with horses? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. They go up there, and they open up a sliding panel, and then you see all of these people in ceremonial robes in a mirrored giallo style hidden temple Weird. because it looks like a uh dario argento film down yeah there. everything is blood red and white and chrome in a gigantic hall of mirrors that it, it's it is wild dude mm -hmm. wow by the way argento i like the new suspiria i love the new suspiria yeah, we all did okay. yeah we all loved it all right and these guys, they weren't just wearing robes. Every single one of them were wearing their ceremonial capes, either red, gold, or black, as befitting their rank. Okay. But ten of them, the traitors, were also wearing the telltale plastic bags over their heads. 
Now, while some of these people were said to be wearing serene smiles, others had died with horrified looks on their faces, Mm. and some of them had their hands bound. But almost all of them had been shot in the head, some as many as eight times. In all, eight s- times. In all, sixty-five yep. bullets have been fired into twenty-three bodies. Well, what's the point of shooting someone eight times in the head? So you know they're dead. Yeah, but you don't. If you can't do it after once, they get to live. <laughs> no, it's because eight plus zero is eight, and eight. Ah, <laughs> 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 hot dogs in a pack. Eight hot dogs in a pack. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> zero is just a placeholder. Mm-hmm. I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> and the room itself was empty of all furniture save for one painting on the wall. And that was a picture of a beatific Luke Jure who had been painted to look like the classic Jesus Christ staring Ugh. off into the distance, beard and all. I, I, was, hoping you were gonna, I was hoping you were going to say Whistler's mother because that <laughs> would make it what, fun. I tell you what, when I have my fucking cult, it's going to be me. Hair down to my butt, big, full, beautiful, beautiful hair. Yeah, where are you getting this? Dick where are you getting this horse hair <laughs> from? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm doing. This is my version of myself. This right? Is I say that uh. in the transit, I'm gonna have beautiful hair, or I'll just wear a wig. I'll do the whole thing, where, <laughs> and then I'll surprise people by taking it off. You know, like sure. every once in a while. But then it'll be me um, on a hill of nugs. Right with a dick inside of a beautiful mermaid, right? <laughs> and my hands well, are guitars. I don't. That sounds like a nightmare. You have hands for guitars, so you can't even play the guitars. Wait a minute, no, no. So, no so long hair, hands with guitars, naked. So you're just Ted Nugent on yeah. that album cover, having sex cool. with a mermaid, which I don't even think is really possible. They are they are they are egg people. Yeah. Fish so you got you actually have to jerk off on the rock, and then they got to come by and, and swiggle around it. You don't even get Fish to have got sex. pussies. That's where the eggs come out. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, well, they. Uh, well, well. The only other things in the room besides the bodies and the painting were shell casings and a whole mess of empty champagne bottles, oh, which gave the whole thing an atmosphere of a party gone horribly wrong. Jeez. Then the investigators figured if there was one secret room, why not two? So they searched the walls of the secret room and found the Order's hidden ritual room. In that room, the walls were covered in mirrors, and in the center was an altar that held a chalice, a rose, and a cross. That room also held the last three bodies. Now, investigators also found an audio cassette taped to the front door of the farmhouse, which they thought might explain just what had happened here, but when they listened... They found only a rambling discourse about astrology. You know what happened is that somebody taped over that. This is back in the day. This this is what happens sometimes. It's like you wanted to hear spider webs by no doubt, but instead you accidentally taped over with a whole section of stern, like old bunch of old calls. Oh my god, I can't tell you how many times you go in, you pop your VHS of tool time in there, and it's a Packers game from ninety one. Oh come on. (laughs) And what was more, about 100 miles away, investigators were about to discover another pile of bodies. So we have, okay, so this, two at the farmhouse, two hidden rooms. Two out out in, uh, two in Quebec. Okay. And then now we're in Switzerland. This is a Sherry, Switzerland. Oh my God. And this happened like boom, boom. Boom. Yeah. They were all organized and they had called each other in order to basically set off the bombs. Mm-hmm. Is that they, they literally set it up and then Jure actually gave a call 
to blow up well, the this Canada is, office, and then they right. do it, they did it here, and they try to do it at the other one. This is uh, different than any other of the mass suicides or mass murders. In that, I think if the people at Jonestown could have gotten away, they might have forgotten about it. Yeah, and be like, ah, oh, I guess we didn't drink the flavor aid today. Mm-hmm. But I can't believe he had that much power to make it a, a, a phone call, and people actually did it. Well, I mean, not all of them. It was just like you know, it was the inner circle. Because remember, a lot of these people did not go willingly. Hmm. Yes. But in the case of Le Grand Sur Salvan, that was the place where all of uh, that was the place where uh, Terry went and almost died. All the incendiary devices there worked. Hey. There in the trio of chalets owned by DeMombro, Jure, and P.A., investigators found 25 more bodies in the charred wreckage, Oof. including three teenagers and four of DeMombro's cosmic children. The bodies were scattered across the buildings with 15 in one, two in the other, and eight in the third. Hmm. And in each building lay the bodies of their respective owners. Camille P.A., Luke Jure, and Joseph DeMombro were all dead. Wow. But not all of the members of the Order of the Solar Temple went with them. No, because they understood because they understood implicitly. You gotta have an away team. Mm-hmm. You gotta have somebody there who is supposed to set the knowledge for the future. Because what you're gonna read about is the what they sent is that they were prepping for the next generation of the OST. Mm. The next day someone mailed off packages to various Swiss newspapers and a package to Swiss historian Jean-Francois Mayer, secretary of the International Committee of the Center for Studies on New Religions, a.k.a. Cesnier. Okay. Oh, How is the acronym longer than the actual name? <laughs> Inside each package was four documents from the Order of the Solar Temple, which they called their testaments. And it is with these testaments, along with the autopsies, are we able to somewhat piece together what happened on October 4th. Now, remember, these were the, the testaments Testaments were the only things that were supposed to come out of this. Yeah. Everything else was supposed to be destroyed. Those bombs were supposed to go off and hide every single piece of written evidence that they had ever met. And then the mystery of the Testaments were supposed to shoot out into the consciousness, allowing the OST to live forever Mm. and wait for the next group of brave people to hop on board the light train to Sirius. It's almost so difficult, it's incredibly stupid. (laughs) The first testament was called, To all those who can still understand the voice of wisdom, dot, 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 we address this message. <sighs> they put the ellipses in there. Good, yeah, good. Yeah, built-in yeah. drama. Yeah. It's about a performance. He, uh-huh. They wanted you, they're trying to lead you. It's, uh-huh. good, it's good script writing. Okay, all right. I hate when people put the ellipses in text. Yeah, stupid. That's my mom. That's yeah. called what moms do. My yeah. mom, everything is ellipses, <laughs> and it sounds like she's mad. <laughs> now, in this testament, the OST laid out their essential beliefs and what the transit to Sirius was all about. Hmm. And it is rife with esoteric horseshit that was purposely meant to be confusing, saying shit like this, quote, The seven entities of the Pyramids of Giza left the secret chamber during the night of March 31st, 1993, taking with them the capital energy consciousness of the seven fundamental planets of our solar system. All right, I don't understand it. It must be true. Honestly, (laughs) a part of it is that if you do read all of the testaments and you do, 
read other esoteric works. Like after reading Alice Bailey, stuff of it does make sense. To me, it's more like if you just got the Testaments and you have never read any other piece of weird magic literature, it's like stepping into the seventh season of Babylon 5 and like <laughs> hearing the plot that you and you're like, I don't know what's happening. But to anybody who's been following along, you're like, okay. Well, that's another scary thing that Henry just said there. He's getting into it. Okay. And of course, these guys blame this entire thing on everyone else, saying that it was the slander and lies of the mass media and the government that drove them to do this. And uh, specifically, it was the government of Quebec that drove them to do this. I believe it. I never trusted a Mountie in my life. (laughs) They said that this had not been suicide in the human sense of the term because all of them, except the traitors, would, upon death, immediately receive new solar bodies that could then be piloted to a planet orbiting Sirius. Of course, you idiots. Naturally, (laughs) that's what's going to happen. Yeah, man. There's nothing to worry about it. You set your soul and forget, forget it. Forget it. I love that the Ron Popeil version of the extra of the afterlife. Testament two is titled The Rose Plus Crawl, which pretty much says that Rosicrucianism, or at least the OST's version of it, is the wave of the future. It read, quote The Rose in Croy is definitely not finished surprising you. <laughs> on foot, in a limousine, or on a Boeing seven four seven, omnipresent and imperceptible. It is. <laughs> it sounds I love like this shit. It sounds like it's from Epcot. No, it I really it. does. It sounds like, like it. it sounds like every fat person from Wally. <laughs> it is. Be like, no, I like the size of that. It's really trying to sell it. But the problem yes. is that if you have to read the other Rosicrucianism on its own is interesting because again yeah. it's very vague, so you can attach whatever it is you want to it to kind of make you fit what you need. And also, it's like yeah. the beginning levels of Scientology, where it's like the the self help angle of it is very interesting and does help actualize people that are looking for a community and looking for some more the way a more an aggressive and positive and productive way of leading your life. But the problem is, it's all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you want to be careful. You don't want to go down that slippery slope. We get the Rosicrucian. 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 We get their emails now because yeah. Henry signed us up for it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. bad shit. <laughs> I, I, I thumb through it. I'm like, well, now what the hell is this? And, and then it's, it's wild. Well, Testament 3, Transit to the Future, is by far the longest testament, and it's pretty much just them telling us over and over again how fucked all of us are. Cool. I love that chapter. Thank you. That's (laughs) my favorite chapter. But Testament 4... To Lovers of Justice. (laughs) That one is addressed to the remaining members of the OST and others who walk the esoteric path. This one actually makes a point that I hear Henry making all the time. That systematic governmental oppression is the esoteric practitioner's biggest enemy. And that the entire point of modern governments is to keep us from opening our third eye. Yes. They are not wrong. They are not wrong. But a part of the the problem, though, with To Lovers of Justice is that it also reads as any single time you make a single mention of any member of the current administration, whether it is a passing mention or some form of joke, it is the same exact reaction that I receive from supporters of said administration, where it's 10 blistering 
screeds about how I'm wrong and you don't understand it and you didn't do the reading and you didn't know all this shit and you're just like, I get it, I get it. There's a lot of charts here for somebody without a job. I guess you have the time <laughs> oh, yeah, to put buddy. this shit together. That's all they do. Yeah, And, you know, the OSC, they further ruin it by saying that the only way to beat these governments at their own game is to transit yourself out through fire and flame. And uh, then they double ruin it by actually going through with it and taking dozens of others with them. Scratch off. Oh, so that's how you do it. Bankrupt the government by buying all the scratch-offs, <laughs> and then you're going to win all the scratch-off money, and then the government no longer has any cash. What do we do? Yeah, we sop them up, and then we spend all our money with that, what I think is meth-addled salesman on my lottery dream home. Oh because my the man God, who sells him. homes to those lottery winners on that HGTV show is in a crisis. He's in the middle of a meth thing. He's getting more and more weird tribal I love tattoos. <laughs> Yeah, my lottery dream home. If you get a chance, watch it. That guy is a party boy. He has yes, a lot of fun, is. and he'd be like, "He lives oh, a what? sinister you, life." You, you'd be like, "Oh, you want seven hundred thousand dollars? Let me put you in this nine hundred thousand dollar house. You're a seven hundred thousand dollar heir now." And then they're like, "You can just see them be like, you're going to be broke in two weeks." Well, perhaps the most important clue in the Testaments is how they talk about the fifty-three people that died on October fourth. They refer to them as either the Awakened, the Immortals, or the Traitors. The Awakened, numbered at 15 people, all died by poisoning, what sounds like an overdose of sleeping pills. Okay. That's ironic, but yes. The Immortal. Because <laughs> they went to sleep and it was yeah, it called is kind The of Awakened. Funny. I hadn't thought about they, that. They well, died punny. <laughs> it's a kind of a punny is, suicide. You're good. Thank you. <laughs> the Immortals were numbered at 30 and they were all shot or smothered. Hmm. But by the document's own admission, a lot of those immortals did not go willingly. According to the documents, they were, quote-unquote, helped along. <sighs> now, we don't know what actually happened, but we do have a theory. During the autopsies, it was found that most everyone had tranquilizers in their system. And if you'll remember, the hidden room in Sherry was littered with champagne bottles. Yep. So it's our thinking that these people, many of whom had no idea what was going to go down that night, were given laced champagne. Mm. I think that they, yeah, exactly, and that they were they were glugging it because remember they were not allowed to go to. The, I read a little bit more about their rituals, and they were not allowed to go downstairs until three gongs were heard. And you know, for they heard that bong, 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 and they're like, hell yeah, coffee cake. We're going down to have a meeting, you know. And then it's just like champagne. We did it, y'all. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? We did it. We're like, we did it, man. We fucking wow. did it. And they're like. Wait a second! It reeks of gasoline in here. You're <laughs> like, no, no, it's my cologne. Uh oh. Yeah. Then, when hmm. everyone was good and woozy, the awakened made the big reveal. Time for transit, y'all. Let's go. Uh oh. And while I'm sure some of them went along with it, the evidence shows that quite a few of them did not. I'm gonna say check, please. Gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, wouldn't you believe it, guys? I had so much smooth move last night. Just, I know God. it's transit. Were you just I were know you screaming, tra- check, please? Were check you screaming please. and be like, get me out of this? Because you remember when you scream, check, please, because you have to say it correctly, because then the ladder from the helicopter will come through the ceiling and yes. lift you out. Did get out of that room if you can. Well, certainly the eight quote-unquote traitors found with plastic garbage bags over their heads didn't want to go, but those are the only ones that the temple straight up admitted they murdered. So when we say plastic 
Uh, are they just like, garbage Thank you bags. for shopping. No, they're just garbage. They're, they're garbage, just garbage bags. bags. Yeah, okay. garbage bags. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, the order said that the traitors deserve to be murdered because they were allied with the enemy. Oh. The enemy, government of Quebec. Oh, now, of course. Because a part of two, uh, two Lovers of Justice, what it says again and again is that they really blow up the connections that the Quebec government try to make putting Luke Jure with uh, Q37. Like, he was, they were trying to do, and so they really were, tr- which were actually what we covered in the last episode, not that big of charges and wasn't that big of an investigation. Right. But they were hung up on it. But mm-hmm. didn't they have people working in the government? Weren't there some Solar Temple members that were like relatively yeah, high was, up? Yeah, but he was like a finance. He was in the, That's the finance biggest department. job. Yeah, That's but the most important job. Yeah, but if you're in finance, you get. Well, I guess the labor secretary did get Jeffrey Epstein off. So yeah, he got a they, lot of power. Yeah, yeah Acosta, so they yeah. can reach across. Let's talk about that on Abe Lincoln's top hat. My That's God, right. he's disgusting. Ugh. Ugh. Well, the thing is, like. All of this, this is admittedly, like, hardcore conjecture on our part. Like, we still know very little about what happened because no extensive investigation into these two locations ever really took place. Oh, they didn't have a stenographer or anything like that (laughs) taking notes? And there very much could have been. An investigation here. Mm. See, the reason behind the incendiary devices were not, was not just to kickstart the bodies into their solar vessels. They also wanted to destroy all evidence of their existence, save for the testimonies. And the thing was, there was a ton of evidence left at Sherry because the bombs there didn't work. Mm. Now, it could be... The reason why we don't know all this stuff is that the Swiss just aren't as ravenous for details as we Americans are. And the Swiss probably aren't as eager to talk to the media as Americans are either. Well, we really don't know, right? A part of it is we, you wonder, this is a fascinating story. Why isn't there uh, a, so, why aren't there like 15 books about Joe DeMambro and the OST? It's like, we don't know anything hmm. about Joe DeMambro. We don't know anything about his inner life. We know very little about Luke Jure's early life. So we just kind of assume it seems like, are the Swiss just kind of embarrassed? Yeah. Well, maybe this? they're concerned if you talk about it, you give it power. And then uh, it adds to the to the to the mythos of it all. Maybe. So you're saying that we're you're saying that we're bad. I'm <laughs> saying that right now, Joe DeMombros, there's there's a coffin slowly opening mm-hmm. beneath the ground as we say his name, DeMombro, 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 and he's Him coming back to earth. The and then he's like, unfortunately, it's Sunday. Chick Fil A is closed on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could be embarrassed. Uh, I mean, because. In the 90s, like, this type of shit didn't happen in Switzerland. This had, like, uh, millennial cults killing themselves in huge numbers. That's an American thing. Uh, That happens to uh, America. Don't culturally appropriate our death cults, Sweden. (laughs) But honestly, I feel like because they talk about Waco did happen shortly before this. They were slightly overshadowed by Waco, which is a part of what they said, what we talked about last episode, that they were scooped. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it's a part of it. The way they just wrote off mass cult suicide as that's the reason for it, which is... Well, we're discovering one of the most complicated uh, phenomena in, in, in existence. The idea of a group of people choosing or not choosing to commit suicide. Is that murder? Is it not? When you're already so indoctrinated by somebody else, it's, it, it is a 
a hornet's nest of bullshit, and you mm. just wonder if the Swiss cops were just like, and we're done. Yeah. Mass yeah. cold suicide, and we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, cool. All right, back to watches. There's always a lot of murder. It's never 100% uh, participation. No. no, that's for it's sure. true. That is true. Definitely. Definitely not, yeah. But possibly because Europe at large ignored it, and because it was kind of meant to be forgotten, a little over a year later, it happened again. Hmm. But this time, it happened in France, outside the town of Grenoble, in a place known locally as the Well of Hell. Yeah. <laughs> now, why'd you get your name? That's such a fun name. We just because it smells like farts down here. <laughs> oh, that's such a fun name. Uh, on the winter solstice, December December twenty third, nineteen ninety five, sixteen more Order of the Solar Temple members died, and it's likely many of those people were murdered as well. Mm. It's believed that most of them thought that they were just meeting in the woods for a winter solstice ritual because it was apparently common practice at this time for order members to do shit like that together. Okay. They always did. They always did. They loved the solstice. All right. But again, when the autopsies on these 16 bodies were done, it was found that most of them had been drugged. One woman was found with a fractured jaw and all of them had been shot in the head. Jeez. Uh. It was sur- very difficult to very difficult to choose to shoot yourself in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now, it was surmised from forensic evidence that a French police officer named Jean-Pierre Laurentche and a Swiss architect named André Friedli shot the other 14 people, including three children, with 22 caliber rifles and a 9mm handgun as they all sat around a campfire. So these were like educated people. Yeah. Was it, what was it, an architect and who else? An architect and a police officer. My goodness. They were very hopeful. Mm-hmm. That's what this is, is that they truly did believe that they weren't dying, that they were uh, going to wake up on Sirius with the Knights Templar. Well, you mm-hmm. know what? You're going to die at some point. Just wait. Yeah. Wait it out. And then, <laughs> I know. then yeah, we can yeah, see. Then you'll go. Then you'll yeah. see. You'll be there. Yeah. They then arranged the bodies in a sunburst pattern, doused them in gasoline, and set them on fire. Then, as the bodies burned, the two men stood and shot themselves in the mouth so that their bodies would fall back and complete the final two spokes on the wheel. I mean, honestly, I'm not saying anything about anything, but they did finish the job. Yeah. If you're going to do it it with style... You execute it properly. Yeah. It's going to last in the memories of people. I guess. And that's what they wanted. And that's also the the part of it, the ritual part of it, is the they really did believe in it. To go as far as this, and I know that, that maybe that's the most morbid extent of my imagination, but you sit there and you're like, it takes a lot of mental energy oh, to yeah, dude. actually plot these bodies out in a way that we're going to lie in a specific pattern. That is, in magical thinking, incredibly powerful, which is why they do it. I mean, t- all it does is that because you're using death, though, if you really do believe in ritual magic, you are inviting so much chaos and negative shit into the world by doing that, but... I guess that's what they were trying to do. I guess so. I mean, it is surprising they didn't just look at each other after they killed everyone and be like, let's just go home. Yeah. But they went through with it. But even after all this, it still wasn't over. On March 22nd, 1997, five more Order members took their lives. Although, thankfully, it wasn't as bad as it could have been due to the quick thinking of three plucky teenagers. Plucky teenagers? 
Yeah, man, Scooby Doo gang. <laughs> really? <laughs> there in Saint Casimir, Quebec, in the home of Didier Cuisy. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no can do. Those <laughs> Didier Queasy. I don't want to go to Didier Queasy's no, house. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, there, three teenagers woke up to find that their parents had scattered propane tanks, hot plates, and other fire hazards around the house. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, what is the, what's the name of that new horror film? Oh, Hereditary. Here, it's like Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can you imagine, though, for a second, though, if I was a teenager and I found all this shit, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Let's go blow up some shit outside. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, take the propane. Let's just fucking get this going. You're like, oh, mommy and daddy are going to kill everyone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess they're not Varg Vickerson. So <laughs> yeah. Vickerous, whatever. <laughs> when the parents explained to the kids that it was time for transit, the kids somehow managed to convince their parents to let them go into the nearby workshop and just take some sleeping pills instead. And this was an all-day conversation. Jeez. And the plan worked, but when the kids woke up the next day, their parents were all dead, four of them, and their bodies had been arranged upstairs in the shape of the cross. And Didier's mother was lying dead on the sofa with a plastic bag over her head. Oh, she was a... a traitor. A, she was a traitor. Why, why was she a traitor? Probably didn't want little Didier to... Or Didier, maybe. Didier, Didier, Didier. Didier. Yeah, no, Didier. Uh, no, no, no. Didier. Didier Queasy <laughs> is, uh, is always doing things that makes Grandma upset. I guess so. Because it does sound like a man who, like, fingers his own butthole and smells it, and he goes like, Boy, I, I, I seem to be a quartelero. <laughs> Didier Queasy, indeed. And with that, the total body count of the Order of the Solar Temple ended at 74. Mm, but it was almost over 100. About a year and a half after Quebec. Coincidentally, 20 years ago to this day. Yay! Wow. Happy anniversary. An order splinter group damn near pulled off the biggest massacre of all. Heidi Fitcow Gartha. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. that's not a name. Oh, yeah. Heidi Fitcow Gartha. Fitcow Gartha? I mean, it's oh, like yeah. a dash. Yeah, Fitcow Gartha. Yeah. <sighs> She yep. was a 57-year-old Berlin psychologist. Uh-huh. She, in just three short years, managed to convince 31 Germans and one Spaniard that she was something called the World Mother, in addition to being the reincarnation of Tsar Nicholas II. For some reason, I... fit, gar- fit cow Gartha, I would believe it if she's like, I'm the World Mother. I, I, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Because she is the size. I imagine she's like four women standing shoulder to shoulder. But (laughs) Heidi, in my mind, I love the idea of a female cult leader. I love this idea of her because there's something. It's I'm not saying sexy, but something about a German psychologist like doing or like saying all of this shit. Like like because that to me is very attractive. Right, and that's just another thing that. Doesn't really add to the story. It's just what you're attracted to. Um, <laughs> it's just the thing I'm thinking about. It's the thing I'm thinking about. That's just <laughs> yeah, a lot is... of insights into Henry's uh, sexual uh, motivations today. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah this They're woman... right on my sleeve. Uh... They're right on my sleeve. They're easy to find. This woman had such a hold over these people that she also convinced them that another cult member was the reincarnation of Vladimir Lenin. And since his reincarnation had killed her reincarnation, the Lenin reincarnate got to be the cult's whipping boy. So you could do anything you wanted to the Lenin guy. Wow. He was the Donnie of (laughs) OST. (laughs) 
But the biggest whopper was that the world was going to end on December 8th, 1998. Okay. And that the only way out was to kill themselves at a volcano on Tenerife and the Canary Islands, because that was the best place to hitch a ride on a passing starship. Sure. But thankfully, by that time, people in Europe were starting to take the whole death cult thing a little more seriously. Good. So police raided this cult's Last Supper and arrested Heidi Fitcow Gartha, but left alone the other six UFO cults that were reportedly also in Tenerife at the time. Okay. Honestly, can you imagine this, right? Because they come, they get rid of that one UFO cult, and the next UFO cult's be like, oh, thank God they got kicked out because then we get the good spot near the top. Because <laughs> that's where really it is. I'm really sick of being a, we got here too late, right? So now we can get up closer to where the spaceship can really scoop us up. Okay, everybody, get the poison. It's like, all right, okay, wow. camp up. We're getting a camp together. I'm surprised they lived taking fit, ga- fit cow Gartha away from the table like that. I would have freaked out if I was no, man, she's still She's still out there, man. Yeah, dude, fit cow she's Gartha still, out there? still active to this day. Got her own YouTube channel. Really? And you can yep. find a complete archive over at HeidiLovesYou.com. Which is not a play on my Twitter handle, which is Henry Loves You. <laughs> oh, that's good. If she was really the mother of the world, she'd have a Netflix special. We all know that. Anyone can have a YouTube channel. Now, of course, when there's so much senseless death and tragedy, the public wants someone to blame. And in the case of the Grenoble murders... That person was Swiss composer Michael Tabaknik. Hmm. Now, this guy was a real deal composer and conductor. Yeah. Like, this was a, he's a very wealthy and powerful person, hmm. especially within the music world. And the fact that he had to be like, they went, because originally, we knew that he was a little bit more involved in the OST than he liked to say, mm-hmm. and he begged off pretty quick as soon as it came to, like, you're maybe responsible for 15 deaths. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Slowly back out uh, slowly back out the door there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy had written a lot of the Order's lore with DeMombro, and it was actually said by some former members that Tabaknik was actually third in command, and it was thought that Tabaknik was probably the guy who was tapped to run things, including further murder-suicides, after Jure and DeMombro were dead. Hmm. So Tabaknik was put on trial in France. But since there was no evidence whatsoever that Tabaknik had anything to do with Grenoble directly, he was set loose after a nine-day trial and later served as chief conductor of the Nerd Netherlands Orchest from 2005 to 2011. This guy is a very, a very well-respected uh, conductor What in do Europe. conductors do? They it, flail. They, it looks they like they're resisting baton. arrest. Technically, I've been told but, time and time again what they do is important. But Can I tell it? you what it is? No clue. No they don't clue. Know. No. They, they, they keep them on time. But don't it looks like all the musicians are doing all the work. But that's the thing. They also point towards like you uh, trombones up, 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 and then the flutes down, down, down. A robot yes. can do it. A robot <laughs> no, can hear no, it. No, and a no. robot can it's do about, it. It's about certain things. You want the the horns to be louder. You want the drums to be played with more fortissimo, <laughs> which is a term I think. Yeah, allegro. Back okay. there, allegro. I don't know. And so, for years afterward, agencies in Switzerland, France, and Quebec went on high alert around the time of every solstice in the anticipation that the Order of the Solar Temple would do it again. Hmm. But as far as we know, the Solar Temple is no more. 1998 was the last time they were in the news. And even then, that was just a splinter group who seemed to have just used the Order as a stepping stone, like the Order used every esoteric group that came before it. Ah, but if the Order of the Solar Temple is still active, 
then it follows that we would have no idea. They're not really the kind of group that's going to set up like a Facebook group to announce their return like Lord Rael. Right. And so the Order of the Solar Temple, instead of being an entry in the list of legitimate esoteric secret societies, will forever be known as nothing more than a run-of-the-mill death cult led by an incontinent old man and a new age health food guru. Wow. Wow. I don't know why story. we have to really hit home the incontinent part. But yes, <laughs> yeah. awesome. are you feeling are you feeling a little sensitive today? Well, today I am. Again, if you're out there Smooth move is very serious. Yeah, you're not supposed to take six. Why would Uh, you even drink six cups of tea? I mixed it with whiskey. (laughs) Oh, so you had six whiskeys. I had six smooth move teas with whiskey, which is also problematic (laughs) because... Uh, anyway, God, that was the Order um, of the Solar Temple. Awesome. <laughs> Part three. I did, Unbelievable. I did look into the rumors of Grace Kelly being uh, involved with the OST because there was a little bit of, at some point, one of the guys that said that he was DeMambro's driver went out and said that Grace Kelly was being courted by them and that was given 10 million, t- Grace Kelly gave them $10 million Ooh. and that DeMambro was trying to make her one of his wives um, but it seems like because she died in 1982 and the OST technically was not started until 1984 well, that it seems that unless she was involved with one of the splinter groups um, that it does not hold a lot of water. Yeah. To piggyback on Henry's Big Lebowski reference which we have to do by law as mid 30s white males um, where is the money? Yeah. <laughs> where, what happened to all of this money? Aren't they? Weren't they like a super? There's someone sitting on it somewhere, yeah. right? I'm sure the government seized it. Oh, you think so? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, right. And there's, I mean, there's even more conspiracy theories uh, that are tied to this. Like some think that the death in uh, Grenoble was a revenge murder carried out by the Quebecois government. Uh, some I don't think, think they that can the do o- it. some think that the OST were murdered to cover up a deal made between President Jimmy Carter and extraterrestrials who had built an underground laboratory honestly uh, jimmy yeah. carter would have been the greatest to deal with the ufos come in have some peanuts look at this the peanut kind of looks like your head i love <laughs> jimmy carter would have been the only president i would have trusted to deal with the extraterrestrials mm-hmm. i agree uh, eisenhower did okay with it i know he was supposedly supposedly Bill Clinton would have had fun with it and he would have played the saxophone Bill Clinton would have went and McDonald's. do what they do when they abduct bill clinton would have done <laughs> oh. that to them and then that would have started a whole intergalactic war all right well wow Thank you so much for listening to this series. That was great. Yeah. I learned so much. Yeah, it was a lot to learn. It's a lot to learn. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to learn. And again, it's the type of information that just so happens to make you dumber. But this is, <laughs> I like Rosicrucianism because I think it's a port of, uh, I'm trying to read more of the original documents. I'm trying to read more of the actual old spiritual books so you can kind of get into the head of what inspired these guys. So again, I'm building my library Sure. For my shot at being a cult leader. Right. But guess where we go when we transit? You know what we're doing? Carnival Cruise Lines. Ugh. And that's all we're doing. We're going to go to a little put-together park called the Hinterland where we're going to go and we're going to have a bunch of people dressed as aliens. It's going to be fun. And okay. then I'm going to let you go home. Thank God. Um, hopefully uh, no one gets sick on the Carnival Cruise Line. Let's hope not. That's disgusting. I do want to go, Ugh. though. I heard the buffet food is bad, but you get a lot of it. No, never which I am down. because you never. Uh, all right. I, well, we have to. We have a big thing coming up, as we mentioned a little bit in this episode. For six dollars and sixty-six cents, you'll be able to purchase our new special. Yeah, uh, which is so awesome. Thanks, Chicago. We had two great shows there. Um, we started editing it already, and it's. I'm. I it's am fun. shocked 
that we look as good as we do. I look well. There are a couple of camera angles where I'm just like, could you get my head? <laughs> Put more on my head. Uh, but that's but, okay. It's uh, really exciting. We got to. We're living a, a comedy dream of ours. Yeah. Uh, because we're making our own special and we are distributing it ourselves. And again, we wouldn't be. At this point in our lives, if it wasn't for you, you guys listening to the show and supporting us endlessly, uh, we are doing the impossible still like it's and it's because because of you. And we want to thank you. And hopefully you guys check out our show. We're super excited about this live show. and We're super excited to go back on the road, which will be sometime in March and and do a whole new show and hopefully do it all over again. That's it. So this show, it's uh, it's uh, you can see it here and then it's never going to be seen again. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, please check it out. We absolutely uh, thank you all so much for giving to our Patreon. I got a fun, creepy. I read some uh, spooky spaghettis on this week's uh, Patreon bonus stuff. So check that out. We always do great interviews and stuff like that and what else do we have uh just thanks we're not everyone. traveling yeah. for a while yeah we're not traveling for a while uh yeah if you want to get some uh, last podcast on the left merch for the last podcast on the left fan in your life you can go to lastpodcastmerch.com yeah. uh for uh all that stuff for for christmas coming up and all that shit that's great. Um, yeah, man. The, uh, the, our forever enemy is being born this month, and we will see what his, his hokey gifts are. Um, I, uh, he got incense, and hopefully you'll get better gifts. Well, that was a big gift back in then. Back it was, in the day. It was a big gift. Um, but next week's episode, I think, is going to be really well timed for the Christmas season. Yeah. All right. It's going to be all about goats. Um, there's a lot of goats yes. in the Bible. We're doing all a lot of the of scariest looking goats. Top ten scariest looking goats. <laughs> that would actually, That's what we're doing. <laughs> that would um, be fun. All right. All right. So follow, and then you ever want to follow us on social media? You follow us at LP on the left. Yeah, you know what to do. Bunch. You know what to do with all that. All right, everyone, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Elgin. Hail me. Hail me. And magustulations, and hail Marcus Parks, and ah. hail Marcus Parks' brain. And thank you. It's, yeah. it's better. It's, okay. it's getting better. Okay, good. He lives! <laughs> he lives! This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. It's the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs who are looking to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for a creative way to increase revenue and give your family and friends the holiday treats they deserve, then you need to get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. If I needed to give a class on digging holes, I'd do it. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand. Upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills. And tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or you can sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash left.